This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, I'm joined by Thomas Daher. Colin is back on the East Coast this week and will be back on the show for the next episode. Thomas is the lead editor for the YouTube channel Yes Theory. We've had him on the show before to talk about what goes on behind the scenes at Yes Theory and how they craft their stories that reach millions of people. This week, we're talking about something different. Thomas competed in one of Mr. Beast's challenges. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Mr. Beast, he's a creator with over 32 million subscribers. He does these big social experiments that oftentimes end with some sort of cash prize. Uh, Let me read you some of his recent YouTube titles. Spending $1 million in 24 hours. Last to take their hand off this boat keeps it. Last to leave the ramen noodle pool wins $20,000. That one's pretty weird. Donating $100,000 to random streamers and $70,000 extreme hide-and-seek challenge, which is the episode that Thomas not only recently competed in, but also won. He won $70,000 from being in a YouTube video. So we spend a good portion of the podcast talking about what it was like to be in that video, to be a part of uh, making that video. So if you haven't watched that video yet, you could watch Yes Theory's version. It's on their channel. Uh, or if you want, you can watch both Mr. Beast and Yes Theory's version. It, it's a great concept. It's a great video. It's really fun to watch. The last time we had Thomas on the show was about six months ago. So a lot has happened since then. We talk about his travels through Europe to meet more of the subscribers and the people that he makes videos for. We talk about his recent modeling career. And we also talk about his efforts to expand his identity. We're really excited to have Thomas on the show for the second time. He's so much fun to talk to. And with everything that's going on in the world right now, we hope that you guys can just take this time to relax and enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. When is it okay to stop saying Happy New Year? I think think probably in January. In January. Right now it's March. So March is (laughs) is officially no Happy New Year's. I think you're two months late. Yeah. Okay. You know, the weird thing is someone, I read this in January um, and I connect with a lot. It said, the funny thing is that uh, the year 2000 was 20 years ago. And that's weird because the year 1980 was also 20 years ago. Wait. So I know you're a math guy, so don't take that too literally. But basically it means like for me, because I'm 30 years old, growing up, whenever someone said 20 years ago, I would always think the 80s. Mm. But now when someone says 20 years ago, it means Uh, 2000s. That's a weird thought. That blows my mind. I was born in the 80s, by the way. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's let's end the podcast Sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a 96 kid, so I guess it wasn't too weird for me. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. I know. I've got a whole big life ahead of me. Yours is coming to a close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, um, yes. So you are almost 10 years younger than me. Um, You're 30. You're you're seven years younger than me. Yeah, I'm Um, 23. And you're also $70,000 richer than me as of uh, last week. Yeah, if your net income is zero (laughs) dollars. This podcast makes zero dollars, so, you know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) $70,000. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I probably said it in the intro, but uh, Thomas went on a Mr. Beast challenge Mm -hmm. and won, which is crazy because I've watched Mr. Beast quite a bit and have always thought like, could I win this? Now, this challenge that you guys did was a little bit more like dynamic, Mm -hmm. I think, than some of the other ones of putting your hand on something, which feels like way challenging. But you guys didn't really showcase the whole 
experience. Like the way you edited it is like very fast cutting. Like I was even thinking about how quickly the seven hours goes in your edit Mm -hmm. and like really wanting to hear more about the behind the scenes. Now you and I chatted a bit last week on a three hour drive about the experience. Um, But of course, as we always say, Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. So we figured we'd had to hop on a podcast and hear about your experience playing seven hours of hide and seek <laughs> and winning seventy thousand dollars. As a twenty-three year old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on you know, and and also collaborating with arguably the biggest YouTube creator there is for right sure. now, someone who's really figured out online video, um, all the above. So just yeah. starting, kind of. I I know you guys had had this thought of working with Mr. Beast for some time. Um, I had met him one time. I remember when he was in LA and I think you guys or, or Thomas and Matt were in town as well meeting mm-hmm. with him. Um, but just tell me about how this all came about and, and how you guys ended up in this extreme hide and seek challenge. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to make a video with him for a while and uh, Thomas was the one in contact with him. Other Thomas brag. Uh, so we texted him just saying like, Hey, do you have any videos upcoming that we could like be a part of? Um, just let us know. And he's like, actually, yeah, um, it's hide and seek thing. You guys are more than welcome to come. And so, like, within the next month, we flew out to North Carolina and took part in it. So it was me, Matt, and Thomas. Uh, yeah. and, and what was the concept of, of the video? So, of course, it was hide-and-seek, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with Jimmy, uh, with Mr. Beast, he, like, does everything at such a large scale. So of course. this is not your normal game of hide-and-seek. Well, he'd done two videos in the past. One was hide-and-seek for 50000 One was 60000 So this was, like, the, the third 70000 Um So we watched those two, and we, like studied the hell out of them like really made sure we knew like like how he was closing off zones and stuff because matt didn't take it that seriously but thomas and i were like like i love risk and i love these strategic games so i was like i'm gonna i told cam before i left i was like i'm either gonna get first or last like either i don't get it or i get it really well and it was pretty fun yeah <laughs> wow yeah it's was, it was pretty nuts um i mean the reality is it was seven hours and think of like a seven hour thing so we had these GoPros strapped to our chests and most of the footage is just darkness of just like these hour long clips of darkness and me just sitting in one spot waiting. So the GoPros were running the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> so how, when you arrived, you know, there's a brief moment in your video where there's like a security briefing. Mm-hmm. Um, how organized was all of this when you arrived? Extremely organized. I've never seen like a more organized production in my life, actually. Like, it was arguably more organized than the Will Smith thing, in a, in a sense, for, like, how new they were to this and how young they were. Um, there was, like, 40 or 50 people there. 40 or 50 people? That's, yeah. Like, and this is, they, you know, legally rented the space from the owner. It wasn't, it wasn't trespassing or anything. They had been up there the three days earlier every day to, like, salt it to make sure that no one would, like, slip on ice to close off zones that were unsafe to make sure that, like, we just didn't hurt ourselves. We signed liabilities, all that stuff. Um, and, I mean, when it started, there's people all over the place filming. They'd set up, like, cameras in different spots that were just constantly rolling that they thought it would, like, be a lot of foot traffic. So, I mean, for for what it seems like on the videos for Mr. Beast, it seems like there's not that much production, but there is. And, honestly, it's super inspiring because, like, if he can do it, anyone can. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really cool because a lot of, you know, you look at the the history of YouTube and a lot of the biggest creators, you know, at times are just filming alone 
mm-hmm. um, in a room. I mean, look at PewDiePie, right? Right. So like he doesn't really require a production unit or a production staff or turning it into like a, a show. But I feel like what's starting to happen as as the platform's growing is that, you know, you really look at like late night, for example, like James Corden. A lot of the segments he's shooting are really for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like Carpool Karaoke is probably, I would say, 95% viewed on YouTube. 100%. Right? Yeah. Same with Spill Your Guts or Fill Your Guts. So the level of production across the board is increasing, right? The level of work that goes into these, um, even what you guys are doing, the level of work is significant. It's not you guys sitting in a room and talking. Mm-hmm. So you get someone like Jimmy who's been watch, who's been on the platform for years and years and years. It's like seven or eight years, yeah. Yeah, he's been, I mean, if you watch his old videos, he's like sitting, you know, he's trying to figure this out for so many years that I feel like he was kind of prepared for this moment. And when it happened, when he started to pick up, he's just treating it like it's a television show, mm-hmm. right? But Definitely. he's shooting it in a way, like some of the cameras that they use, in my opinion, are lo-fi enough to make it feel like your your friend's home movie. That's the point. And that's the point, yeah. He doesn't want to show any of this, which makes sense because, you know, it is an inspiring message to not show any of it because it, could, it seems like you could do it too, and you could. But obviously there, there's more work put into it than... And than it's more fun. It's more fun to watch something that feels attainable. Right. Than it is to watch something that feels unattainable, at least right now. It feels like your friends are doing these things. Yeah. I sure. mean, you even look at, I remember the first time I was, that's when I was, saw David Dobrik and started to see how he was picking up all of his content. Um, and one time he like filmed in a mirror and I was like, oh, he doesn't even use a microphone Yeah. on his camera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but that, that kind of makes it more fun. Like the fact that the audio is kind of not great and like the videos, like whatever, it's just like, it all makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Even Emma Chamberlain or any of these massive creators right now are using like, somewhat lo-fi cameras yeah and even colin and i were talking about unboxing videos and um unboxings how much more fun it is when someone just films from their phone because Mm. it's like a pov perspective that you're familiar with then if they have like an overhead rig and multiple cameras shooting it it's like okay this doesn't feel like i can't understand the space as well for sure and so i think watching his videos it's like although there is a 50 person crew it just feels like more attainable when it's shot the way it's shot and cut the way it's cut. And even like the graphics are like, whatever it's like, everything mm-hmm. feels like doable. Yeah. And it is, yeah. it's just the coolest part, I think. So now let's get into the actual game itself. So <laughs> oh, for, your guys video starts out with, um, the three of you talking about what's going to happen with, with the money. Yeah. Right. Did you, <laughs> how, so you said you thought either you'd get first or last. I feel like Thomas Bragg. Yeah was the most confident going into it. He definitely was. Yeah. Matt had already accepted that he'd not win. For sure. Yeah. He was yeah. just like, it's not going to happen. I right. just, I've never <laughs> wanted these things and it's not going to happen for this. But Thomas loves these strategic games. I also loved how much your brother was, uh, like, <laughs> he had so many strange anxieties about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually really nerve wracking. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Honestly, like the whole story worked out perfectly for us. Yeah. Because he is just hilarious. Um, but Thomas is like brag to us that he's never lost a game of risk. Like he's, that's why they call him Thomas Bragg. Ooh, <laughs> that's hot. Should we end the podcast? Yeah, I think yeah. we're done okay. here. <laughs> um, and he was just super into it, which is always more fun. And I was low key into it, but didn't show it as hard as he did. Right. And yeah, it kind of just worked out. 
So you guys get there, and now, you know, as the game starts, I think you hid in a tree first? No, It was yeah. pretty confusing to understand where mm. you were hiding. I feel like the other two guys, it was, it was a little bit easier to understand where they were going. Right. Like, they, like, shot it really well. Like, the contextual shots <laughs> of where they were going to go. Amen. I feel like you were more into the game, so you were just, like, yeah. into these spaces. Well, in the beginning, I, <clears throat> I was next to Matt in the beginning. He went to his arcade game, and I was like, damn, like, where should I go? So I decided to hide outside, like in these bushes. And it was kind of hard to capture because it's like pretty thick bushes. And I really like fought for a few minutes to get into it. Mm. And then my whole thing was like the previous winner. So Ben, he'd won the $50,000 and $60,000 game. And he was telling me the whole time he was like running around and moving a lot. So I was like, all right, that's my strategy. And so once they found Matt and like brought him back, I just like started running around. Yeah. And How did you know that they weren't out where you were going to be? You didn't know. I didn't know. But um, when they took Matt, because the prison where they put him is in zone one. And so I started out in zone three. And so when they took him back to zone one, I was like, all right, this is my chance to like go to three to two. Mm. And then they passed from one to three and then from two, I went back to one. So I kind of like maneuvered my way yeah. around them to get back to where I thought the game would end, which is like the town. And honestly, I was thinking about YouTube. I was like, all right, where is he going to end this game? Probably in the most visually, you know, appealing place. Wow. Yeah, in the town. That's the editor advantage, right? Yeah. That's (laughs) knowing. (laughs) I was like, what is he probably going to film at the end of this? Probably the town. So I'll I'll stay there. Wow. It's kind of funny. That's really interesting. So then you end up like, I don't know, you ended up in all these interesting places. I remember you showed me like a really good visual of where you ended up in that like kitchen area mm-hmm. and that that shows up in your guys video and uh mr beast and, and chris they walk in there while you're in there right how yeah. did they not look in that corner is i think when you're looking for someone like you aren't that aware since like you know if you're scanning a room you don't look in every single spot right you just kind of like scan it since you've been through the room a million times and that was the advantage of moving around is that they'd already checked there and i wasn't there so when uh, I went there, they didn't really think about it. And it was like almost too obvious of a spot to right. be in, which was like perfect to not, not get seen. But yeah, like my heart was just racing because <laughs> Thomas had just been caught and right. it was just me and Carl. He had the last one. So, so I was like, if I get caught now, it's, it's all over. You're talking about like six hours into something like this. Yeah. So did you have food? Did you go to the bathroom ever? Like what, what was the, <laughs> like how did this work? He uh, gave us backpacks, and they had, like, food and water in them. But honestly, I was so focused on the game that I threw it away. I didn't eat that whole time. I didn't drink. It was just, like, adrenaline yeah, really? for seven hours. Oh I was God. like, I'm winning this, yeah. That's so interesting. Um, I, so we did, together, last week, three hours of breath work. Uh, yep. And right when I laid down for, to do this breath work, I was so panicked about the amount of time. I was like, I'm going to have to pee. Mm-hmm. And within 15 minutes of starting, I was like, okay, there it is. I got to pee because yeah. I was thinking about it so much. So I was thinking when I was watching you guys doing this game, I was like, I would, the second I sat somewhere and tried to stay there for an hour, I'd be like, I, what am I going to do? I, I can't do this. At first it was fine, but like three hours in, I had to pee really like was yeah. trying to hold in as much as I can. I like just snuck outside and did it for a few minutes and okay, came back in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, when you're in that position, <laughs> sounds yeah. pretty stupid, but like, I almost like shut my brain off and like came like went to like a meditative state of just like waiting. Wow. Because we waited for hours. But you have some experience doing this because you became a monk one time, which <laughs> probably which probably required a lot of patience. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's different. I think honestly what helps me the most is that I'm an editor and mm. I can like sit in the spot and like be chill for that long. And the other person, Carl, he's one of his editors as well. Oh, and Thomas also edits. So yeah. we're all like Matt super patient. Yeah. Matt, Matt's Matt a like, you know, Iron Man athlete. Yeah, needs Matt's to a run. talker. He yeah. wants to hang out. Yeah. Matt needs to scream enthusiasm. Right. <laughs> and it was perfect because he was in jail the whole time. So take me through the moment that uh, when there's only two people left. And like, what are you thinking in this, in this time? Yeah. Well, so Thomas got caught. There's me and Carl. And then for literally like what felt like an hour, all eight of them were looking for us in this tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's, I'm bound to get caught any second now. And I'm where like, were you at this point? You're still, still in the that, kitchen. You're still in the kitchen. So okay. then they, we all had like, um, earpieces yeah. we could hear from. So he was like, all right, we, for love of God, can't find either of you. So switch spots. We'll give you five minutes to go switch. And I went back to like a previous spot I'd been in and they'd already checked that spot when they were looking for me. Mm. So they didn't think about checking it again. Um, and then within half an hour after Great that, thinking. yeah, wow. it was just super lucky. I mean, the whole thing is there's luck. So much strategy. It's hide and seek. No, there's a little strategy there. <laughs> there's it's strategy not luck yeah. because otherwise, yeah, I think it's like there is some strategy. Like, like uh, Thomas didn't move. Yeah, the whole time, right? <laughs> He's in his so, like, box. And, and he had footprints around him. So I think like there's a way to decrease your luck right? for sure. Which is what he probably did. He probably if he had he moved, I think he would have had a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a phenomenal video to watch. The moment that you guys captured when you win. Yeah. Is an incredible moment. Like the emotion that goes around you guys. It's really funny in, in your video, like it's 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 funny and it's like you guys are celebrating. But in Mr. Beast's video, it's pretty funny when they cut to his reaction. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, all, all in all, like what was that emotion when you found out that you won? Well, I think when I was watching like the uh, his other videos and seeing people win this huge amount of money, I was like, why is no one freaking out? Yeah. Like you just won a year salary for like a normal working person. Right. But now I kind of get it. It's because for seven hours, I wasn't speaking to anyone. I was alone. So I'd like almost, you know, like when you don't speak to someone all day, you just kind of forget how to talk. Yeah, I actually Um, do know that. And then also we were your team. So I can see if you win alone, like you're celebrating in front of the people that you beat who also like were freezing and lost. (laughs) So it's a bit like rubbing in your face moment. But thankfully, we were were, like a little team so we could celebrate amongst ourselves. Yeah. And that was that was like surreal because you're yeah. just like sitting in a spot the whole time and then suddenly like you win and on the mic i heard like thomas you won <laughs> it's like no way oh, that's amazing <laughs> yeah it was it was incredible that's so cool so then after that all, all of that um like the actual game itself what do you guys do like what do you, what do you do after well that was the whole thing is that uh since this place was on top of a mountain uh and it was snowing all day and it was getting colder they're afraid they couldn't go down because it freeze the roads so they're actually getting pretty pissed that we weren't being found uh, because if it lasted yeah. like an hour longer, we couldn't go down. We'd be stuck there all night. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they sent everyone out to go find. Um, so basically we like went down the mountain at like two miles an hour, just super slowly, just oh, to make wow. sure we didn't yeah, fall off. Um, we went back to hotel, hotel rooms and we actually, it was kind of funny. Like all the production people were super kind, super sweet. And they, uh, we all got like in a hotel room. And played hide and seek in there. No. <laughs> in one room. You have to be kidding me. <laughs> There's like 20 of us in one room. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> That's really Because I was like, you guys didn't get, didn't get the chance to play hide and seek. You should get, get to play. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's cute. So a couple things. One, the drone surprised me, and, mm. but was really cool. In uh, what sense? It was just so cool that um, there was a drone capturing your like movements. That was That was not real. 
<laughs> that was Cam who, who edited that. What are you talking about? Do you mean like during the game? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean that wasn't real? Like you guys running out? How did you do that? The running out is the first shot is real. Okay. But after that, what Cam did was he um, took those aerial shots of us running. And then whenever I move, him. yeah, just animated them around the map. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> that, that drone wasn't going on the whole time. I, okay, so that was one question. <laughs> that's incredible. First of all, I was, that's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's insane. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I have any other questions then. That, that was my one production question that I was like, how did you guys... How's the drone ran, going they, for seven yeah, hours? Yeah, they had a drone up there for seven hours and then like cutting through that footage is probably a pain. They basically took like really detailed pictures of the map mm. and then I just told Cam like where I was and like how what my movements were like and then he just animated that. So it's not like yeah an actual thing, but it, it But shows. it looked like you were running. Like, yeah. As in the first drone shot of us leaving the church it, yeah. is real, and he just animated like he masked he took me. that. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Man. Yeah, he's he's a wizard. You guys see this is the thing like YouTube is now becoming like Hollywood, like that is a lot of effort to go through to make something, mm -hmm. you know. But I mean, it's the same in Hollywood. Like you're making stuff that one to three million people watch, which is exactly what you guys are doing. Right. So I guess what's the difference now? Yeah, you know? I mean, Cam, our other editor, yeah. spends a lot of time making these animations and just like, it increases the quality of the video by a lot. Even yeah. if it's like for a few seconds, like even those small things can make a huge difference. They make a huge difference. I yeah. mean, I think that video was made significantly better because of those aerial shots. Definitely. For definitely. sure. Yeah. Like not even a question. No. That's cool. So what are your major takeaways walking away from both the game, working with a creator of that size and scale? Like, what are your takeaways when you came back home? I think we were all, Matt Thomas and I were super inspired by him. Um, and just seeing how he scaled what he was doing from like him alone in his room counting to 100,000 for 40 hours. Right. Or sorry. Yeah, 40 hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to like a full production. So I think it, it like increased our, our mental you know, imagination of where Yes Theory could go and like how to hire and like how big we could be thinking for videos. Like he spends minimum $100,000 on a video. Right. Obviously, we don't spend nearly as much on a video, but right. it shows that like that could pay off as long as the content is good and all that. He has like idea people, ideas people. Like he's come up with like 60,000 ideas. That's the thing that differentiates him though, right? It's like these ideas mm -hmm. of what's going to translate visually on camera and what's going to make someone watch till the end. Right. Like, th like this hide and seek game is like fantastic. You want to watch till the end, mm -hmm. even though, you know, in your case, like he does this thing where Colin and I talked about this in one of our videos, he does the thing where the title of the video is the end of the video. How so? Like even your guys' video. Yeah. The title of your video is the end. That's a problem. But, yeah. but for some reason, like it's, it's, uh, it's more interesting to watch how you go from, start to finish mm. um, when you already tell me the end in some of these instances. And that's what, in our opinion, is like the right now is who's winning YouTube is when you're essentially give like the title tells you already what's the end of the video, but it's so interesting that I want to watch how you get there. Right. Right. The process. You want to watch the process and that increases retention. It increases watch time. It increases like he, he tells you, last person to take their hand off this Lamborghini wins a Lamborghini. I already know someone wins a Lamborghini, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you just told me the video, but mm -hmm. 
I have to watch the process of it because the tension is rising by every minute that goes by. Tension is rising. Someone is going to lose. Someone's going to win. And that's, that's what makes good TV. You know, I mean, you look at the reality shows that took over when we were younger, Survivor or Fear Factor or any of these, it's the same thing. Right. You know, but the difference was they couldn't really title them and like get us to click. Well, they didn't have to title it. They just, yeah, you, they was, had a point you knew what you're getting into every time. Yeah. So here's tricky. I, we were debating like whether we should do it like how I won or we competed in. But I think I won is just like more straightforward and like we'll draw more people in. My favorite comment that we just read was uh, it said that Thomas Bragg's in the in the uh, thumbnail and it says <laughs> I won, but you actually won. Yeah, we took that thumbnail before the video, right. before the before the competition. Yeah. But either way, like he is also the like recognizable face of Yes Theory too. So yeah. it doesn't matter like it if I'm in it. Yeah, yeah. Like all of Mr. Beast's videos are the thumbnails are completely photoshopped. Yeah. But it also just shows you this new kind of investment in thumbnails that I feel like is starting to happen in YouTube, which you guys are a big part of it. Um, but you look back to like the Casey Neistat era, it was just like a screen grab from his, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from his video. And like, he was so recognizable that you would just click right. no matter what. But now it's, it's very different. You it's have very to, different. you have to kind of give me the whole story in a photograph. Well, that's what I think of like, Title and thumbnail will draw people in, and the editing and storytelling will keep them there. Keep them there, yeah. Yeah. So it's both are super important. But yeah. You need like you need to to brand it well. It's one of the it's one of the biggest issues we face as creators. It's like it doesn't matter how good your video is if you can't come up with a good graphic design to bring people in. Yeah. And something that we've learned a lot from you guys is that we we oftentimes even if we have an amazing idea for a video, we won't even make it if we can't think of the right title thumbnail. Yeah. Because it doesn't even it's not even worth it. Yeah, I think for the most part that's true. But there's still like if you think it's going to be a good story even without the title thumbnail, those videos are worth making sometimes. Yeah. It's just hard to to get that initial group of people to watch it. Yeah. Even if it's a really shareable story, you still have to get an initial group of like ten to twenty thousand people to watch it to then share it. Right. You know. It's yeah. Not easy, man. It's this. It's easy. a balance. Yeah. For sure. So when you can like get both the title and yeah. the story to be great, then you're then you're balling. Right. But that comes from a lot of brainstorming. Yeah. Um. So now you're seventy thousand dollars richer. I'm a. Th- I'm a yeah. $70,000 millionaire. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Multi-thousandaire. Uh, Pre-tax. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-tax. So you guys were talking in the beginning of the video about how you're going to split the money, if you're going to bring it into Yes Theory. Um, what What's the, like, what did, what did you, where did you guys net out? Yeah. I know you asked at the end of your video for people to give ideas uh, on what you should do. So what's your... Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, yeah, we had a little discussion in the beginning about keeping 10,000, but I kind of, I feel uncomfortable to keeping any amount from it. Mm. Like I don't feel like I earned it. (laughs) I just want hide and seek for an absurd amount of money and rather like go to like causes or video ideas or like something beneficial for people as opposed to like me just keeping it. So I'm not keeping any of it. We're just going to like, Oh wow. Do something with it. Cool. Or, or give it away to something. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the best ideas so far that have come about, about what to do with the money? Uh, I think a lot of like charities and right. especially now for like coronavirus yeah. relief. Um, but the one great idea that Amar actually sent me was starting a yes hostel in the oh. future. Oh, yeah. interesting. But that's like as of, an initial investment. Yeah. I also think um, one thing I saw this, you know, the real estate guy in New York, Ryan Searhart. Searhart. No. He's like the big like real estate mogul. He's, 
Yeah, and no. he uh, he he has a YouTube channel, and he announced that he was sponsoring one person to move to New York City for a year. Oh wow! And they had to like submit why they wanted to move to New York City. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's like such a life changing thing for one person, definitely, to get sponsored to move. You know, for sure. It's, I mean, like for me, I'm very comfortable and happy with where I am. I right. don't need. Ten thousand dollars or seventy thousand right. dollars. You're winning hide and seek games left and right. Yeah, like your income is coming yeah, in. Income fast. is coming in. Um, yeah. You know, every weekend I leave to different <laughs> abandoned town to win hide and seek. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I think it could make, make much more of a difference for our community or for someone individually than it could for me. Yeah. So that's awesome. We'll see, yeah, and we'll make another video out of it, which will be fun. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome, and it, it allows your community to get involved, and like it feels a lot more like it's it's a community win than it's an individual yeah. win. When you put that option back onto your audience saying, hey, what do we all do with this money? I didn't right? feel like I won. I felt like a, as a group we won, you know? That's cool. And it was just like a fun, I was more happy that like just the winning than the money. <laughs> yeah. But I think in a big takeaway, I've listened to Mr. Beast on some podcasts. I've had a very short conversation with him and I've listened to him talk. But one of the big takeaways that I've, gotten from him is the kind of collective and the team mentality is what's making him win. The fact that he took his money that he started to make from YouTube and invested it in building a team. And even if you look at these little videos that he's making, like this one, he invested in having 50 people on set. It makes life easier for everyone. It makes the product better. It takes the pressure off of each individual. It's like a completely different thing than if you're a group of creators who's trying to like you know, just muscle it out and, and burn out and stay up all night editing and like not scale mm-hmm. properly. Um, he's like taking this as like a big team mentality. And I think that's what's making him win right now. He's, he's, he has way more output capacity than other people. Definitely. And, yeah. and I think just generally that's like a huge, huge takeaway, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There are pros and cons to that. Like if you build your team too big, I guess, of course, but yeah. he, he's done a really good job of like, having the proper people on and making sure that like everyone feels like they're, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Um, like even the kid, Carl, who got second both yeah. in the $60,000 and $70,000 wasn't that upset that he lost. Cause he was just like happy, like to be part of it and like happy right. to be like part of the team and all that. And That's he, cool. he just like was more invested in the story. He was like, I'm glad you won. Like it's a great story for you guys. Yeah. Than him just taking it. It's a wild time though, that like these young people have this type of money to, to invest in it's a whole, a whole new world. It's a whole new world. It's crazy. It's like, have you ever seen the hide and seek movie with uh, God? What's it called? No. Oh no, tag. Never yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen tag. It's basically hide and seek. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically. Hide <laughs> it's and a seek. grown men playing a children's yeah. game. Yeah. That reminds me did. of this. The last time we podcasted, potted. The act of potting. Yeah. <laughs> we did the potting. Pod. Um, was August, mm-hmm. and we were in the middle of making the Lost Pyramid, which was one of the hardest projects I think we've ever done together, uh, ever. Easily. Easily. Actually, yeah. sorry, the hardest, not one of, yep. the hardest. That was the <laughs> hardest one. Um, <laughs> and it was a challenge, and we were you know, going through, uh, us, uh, Colin and I, and, and the team that was editing, we were going through a lot trying to trying to make that movie, but you were coming off of like a lot of really challenging projects, and... Um, mm-hmm. And kind of a shift in what you were doing as a creator, as an editor, as a team member of Yes Theory. Right. Since then, um, in, over the last six months, you've traveled through Europe mm-hmm. and gotten to meet a bunch of people from the Yes Theory uh, uh, community. You've uh, been on camera a lot more. You've modeled. 
I have modeled. You uh, <laughs> have kind of shifted to being a much more dy- much more dynamic than just a um, video editor. Mm-hmm. So, how has that been? And take me through some of like the the interesting, I guess, experiences that you've been through over the last six months. Yeah. Well, I think right after our podcast in August, I um, I was pretty burnt out, and that documentary really like destroyed us all. Yeah. Not just me, but like the whole team. Right. Um, and so I kind of wanted to have like more perspective onto what we were doing and what kind of impact we we're having in like different countries. So I decided to like basically backpack for two weeks across Europe, only using subscribers. So basically, I'd on my Instagram just be like, "Hey, I'm going to Bern, Switzerland, for example, and I'll be here for one day. If anyone wants to meet up and hang, like we'll just do that. Like, you know, go do something fun, and hopefully, I can sleep at one of your places tonight, <laughs> and then I'll be gone in the morning." And so I did that for two weeks, and that was, like, one of the most incredible trips of my life. Just really gave me perspective onto, like, it was, like, the same vibe in every country I went to of just, like, loving, fun, open community. Like, everyone was smiling. Everyone was just, like, accepting of the, like, the shyer people or the more extroverted people. Like, we're all in the same playing field. Um, and so that really, like, yeah, that was, like, a game changer for me of seeing what we were doing and, like, bringing these communities together worldwide. Did that bring more excitement and purpose to sitting in an edit bay and creating? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, makes for sure. But I think it's like an experience that anyone should have of like yeah. going out and meeting new people and realizing that like the world isn't as scary as you might think it is. Mm. There's a lot more views around there than you think. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is contextual because you guys have built a context that is very accepting and loving and, comfortable and like you you probably personally didn't feel that much fear around staying at yeah people's houses right (laughs) i I mean of course there's different contexts where maybe that's more Mm -hmm. of like questionable action but in your context it's actually not and i know it firsthand because i traveled in india and oh right yeah and did something similar with yes theory subscribers Mm -hmm. uh, which was very cool but i i remember seeing on your instagram there was groups of like tons of people that you would meet with not like okay there's four people i'm staying with here and like we're hanging out but there were some places you went where there was like a hundred people coming to meet you yeah (laughs) i mean the average was like 20 or 30 people um which is already kind of big enough but i think our craziest one was in was in munich it was like i think 100 people 150 something was it overwhelming that all these people had context on you and you didn't have much context on them. Does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah, at first it was a little bit and I was like pretty, like my first meetups were pretty nerve wracking mm-hmm. in that, in that regard. But as time passed and I got more used to it, I got, it got better, yeah. but it was always, there's always like an initial fear right before the meetup. I was like, ah, yeah. so many strangers, <laughs> right? But like after, after an hour, it was fine, which is really amazing. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That, that's really cool. Cause I think, being a creator, you know, you for, for Colin and I, I remember the thing that gave us so much energy in our first business with, with Lacrosse Network was that in when you're making content for a community that already exists and that already has events, and then you go and attend those events, such a small community, everyone's watching your show, and you walk into an event, and you get to interact with the people who are watching, and then you get stories. Like for us, there was a lot of um, kids with their dads who would wake up in the morning and watch our show. That's cool. Together, and that's how they would bond. And you were like, "Oh my god!" As hard as it is to make content and edit all night, once I see the faces of the people who are watching, 
all I want to do is go back in that room and edit. Right. Totally. Right? Exactly. Because you start to recognize, like, once you put a face to what's happening on the other side, a lot of times you're making a video and you're like, oh, man, this one only got, you know, for you guys, maybe it's like, oh, this one only got 700,000 views. Mm -hmm. And you kind of feel like a disappointment around it or something like that. But when you see the people, you're like, oh, wait, there's 700,000 of these people that I just interacted with. That means a lot more. And now I want to build that and, and build that connection with those people. It's crucial, yeah. I mean, like, for so long it'd been just numbers to me, you know, like views and subscribers, just like, but going out and seeing faces and meeting people was just game changer. And that's like on this podcast, we get voice memos. Uh, You can leave a voice message through the anchor app. That's cool. And that was one of the things that I think changed our connection to this podcast the most, which was hearing the people's voices. Hmm. Um, You know, that's amazing. And, And even with, with lost pyramid, when we made that, when I traveled through India, talking to a lot of people about how much that movie connected with them, it's like, Really? Yeah. Mm. I think because it's a Mars story, and in right. India, that story is not that different, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty similar. Um, so that was a very cool experience, um, you know, going to India. I actually hung out with some people that you have hung out with. Yeah, before, I stayed was, at one of their houses. Yeah, which was really <laughs> cool um, to see that impact um, and, and, you know, think about the work and think about, you know, okay, if we do that again, I have a little bit more context now. Mm-hmm. You know, now I think there's there's takeaways from both the Mr. Beast, you know, school of YouTube as well as like getting in touch with the community where it's like, okay, the Mr. Beast school, if we do that again, it's probably smart to properly build a post production team around it, you know, and right. really think about the impact that it's gonna have. Uh and then two, seeing the community, it's like, okay, but when it does get tough, you have that mental note to go back to of the faces of the people who are watching. Yeah, I think there's like a perfect middle ground yeah. to, to not burn out, but For also sure. make meaningful content. Right. Yeah. Totally. So then since then, you've also, uh, let's talk about, are we going to dive into your modeling career? We, we can do that if you want. I was very impressed with the photo you, you posted. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah. At first I was like, all right, how's this guy going to model? Right. Like, let's Hey, like, what's, going, what's going My on? My mom had the same thought. Right. <laughs> no, not that. Not that. But like, it's not an easy thing to like photograph, you know? Mm-hmm. For you specifically, no, yeah, it was definitely. But, yeah, <laughs> hey. but um, what what was that experience like? Like, you you went quickly from being, you know, you've been on camera with the S theory, but now you're on camera a lot more. Like both with this Mr. Beast experience, with the uh, let's say the the photography experience you had, and then now you know even your own course. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, what what has that experience been like? Is it pretty natural for you to just be like, okay? No, like I'm telling stories either I'm behind the scenes or I'm in front of the scenes. For me, I kind of went into like 2020 thinking like I really want to push myself to do new things, different things. Me being more present in the videos is not really one of them. Like I don't really see myself as like the fourth yes theory member. We're like it's we're all a group and we're all in it together. Um, so I don't really care so much about like being on camera in that regard. But I did the modeling thing honestly because A, money but be just a different experience and like a diff- something I'd never done before. And Zach, our manager came to me with it and I was like, that would, that sounds so uncomfortable. Like mm. I would hate doing that, which is why I should do it. Like it's, it was a two day thing. And honestly it was a weird experience, but I'm glad I did it because it was just so different and fun. And like just a, that's what, you know, literally our motto is seek discomfort. Yeah. So I have to do it. And then like I started taking cooking courses and, 
Discussion. Oh yeah, yeah. I came over to your house for a, oh, yeah. a vegan meal. It was great. Vegan dinners. I loved it. Thanks, man. <laughs> and that was your first one. That was yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I haven't been invited back. They're but... postponed until the end of this madness, but right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case uh, anyone is wondering, we are six feet away from each other podcasting right now. Social distancing. Social distancing. Yeah. I don't know what this guy's <laughs> right. been touching, yeah. doing. Right. But yeah, that's true. You have actually, that's pretty impressive. Over the last three months, you have done a lot of different things. Yeah, I'm trying to push myself to do more and more. That's awesome. Yeah. And the modeling thing, just to be clear, I thought the photo that I saw and the photos that I've seen looked great. Thanks, man. Like, I was very impressed with it. I was like, wow, this guy's really selling. I mean, I shop at Uniqlo. Yeah. Just, by the way, it was for Uniqlo. Right. Uh, but this guy's really selling me, uh, selling me this lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. They had you, like, they had you styled in a really cool way with, like, a vintage camera around you mm-hmm. and, like, the whole thing. I was like, this is... The funny thing awesome. is, like, the whole, the whole theme of the photo shoot was, like, four friends going out to the desert right. to get away from society. Right. Have fun. Yep. And then the next weekend, I actually did that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. To Joshua Tree and right. Cam and Mia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was weird to like be seen as talent for like the first time. Yeah. It's, it's weird to like have someone lifting a heavy thing next to you and be like, Hey man, do you need some help? And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't move. It is. It's a very what? strange thing. We had the yeah. experience with when we did the, the Samsung event. Um, right. You're also a model. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we got a couple of models yeah, here. Yeah. A little, yeah, just, a little photo shoot. Just two models hanging out. <laughs> but <laughs> just like you, we, we had a trailer, um, for the Samsung shoot that we did when we demoed their product and the trailer was just Colin and I and the director of the shoot and everyone else would knock on the door and wait and they would be like may we enter <laughs> and we were like anyone can come in here this like there's only like 20 people here and like we don't need to be like like siloed in this bunker trailer where no one can get to us That's like hilarious. it was just so such an odd experience right mm-hmm. it reminded me of do you watch the office yeah where um Pam walks in on Michael oh. <laughs> and, and then Michael knocks on the door and he goes, may I enter, may I enter the room? And she goes, come in. He goes, may I enter the-? anyway, it was really fun. That's yeah. It's a weird experience. So, it, it's a, it's a very strange experience because the worlds are starting to meld together. The world of traditional media and the world of new mm-hmm. digital media are melding together. And the traditional media world is like, it's like a world that we're not familiar with because we're very DIY. Yeah. Like we just do whatever needs to happen. Like you in a traditional sense are incredibly dynamic. You're on camera, you're an editor, you can do audio, you can do sound mix, you can do what you can do. You can score the thing. You can do whatever needs to happen to tell the story. Right. And that's not what happens in traditional media. It's like, okay, you're the talent. All you're going to do <laughs> is be the talent. Yeah. And it's kind of strange because when you're, when you're in that world, you're like, wait, no, I can help make this better or mm-hmm. I can help, you know, come up with an idea that, that makes this shoot different or, and that's just not your role. In yeah. Some of those things. It's, it's, it's a strange adjustment. Um, I, I wonder how it'll, how it'll evolve because it's, it's naturally starting to evolve, right? Like the worlds are really coming together. It, it, like in my opinion, late night hosts are YouTube creators. Yep. Right. They're always on the trending page. They get most of the views. They're YouTube there. creators. Yeah. I mean, like their interviews, their segments—they're all built for YouTube. Mm-hmm. They're not built for TV anymore. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So, like, it's strange, like hybrid. It's a weird hybrid. They're all kind of molding together now. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what happens, if man. Yes Theory shoots turn into <laughs> trailers. I can't wait. I don't think that'll ever I happen. I can't yeah. wait till that happens for you guys. <laughs> 
Nope. You guys are going to be such hotheads. <laughs> um, so the, uh, Don't talk to me. I'm yeah. <laughs> so the question uh, I have for you now, you know, again, when we were watching, I, I watched your hide and seek video twice. I watched it once <laughs> yesterday and I watched it this morning with Katie. Yeah. And um, one thing Katie said um, when she was watching was like, man, uh, Thomas, you, she was like, Thomas looks so like good. Like he's like really coming into his own. You're like kind of glowing and like feeling like, I don't know. You just seem like over, it, it, you seem like you're really coming into your own identity right now. And when we talked in August, I think things were kind of at a time where you were trying to understand that a little bit more mm-hmm. of what was next for you. What was kind of like a little bit of purpose conversations, just like a healthy creator existential crisis, which happens to all of us. Happens once in a while, yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. yeah. Where do you feel right now? Like, where's your happiness level? Where's your kind of purpose? Where's where's all that right now for you? I think it's all much higher than it was when we last talked in August. Um, I think for me, what I wasn't doing then was like pushing myself on like who I thought I was. Like, then I would have never done modeling because I never thought of myself as a model. And now I realize how toxic that is because you aren't what you define yourself in your mind. You're much more than that. So I'm just trying to do things that are, like, honestly pushing the boundaries of who I think I am and kind of, like, discovering myself in that a little bit. And I feel much happier doing it, you know? Just literally our whole motto is seek discomfort. And when you actually apply that, I think that's really powerful. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting when you put it into that that term around um, you aren't what you define yourself as in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, like, I always define myself as, like, introverted or shy or, like, not attractive traditionally, like, stuff like that. And I think that's just, like, such a unhealthy thing to do. Like, you're not, you're not that. You're whatever you want to be and more. Wow. <sighs> I, I was a, right I was now. a monk. I talked to yeah, Dalai Lama. I know it's up, dude. Uh, no, but that's that's really good point. And um, I think as we get older, we get more and more concrete in who we think we are. Mm-hmm. You know, as we get older, we're a little bit more like, okay, well, I'm not. I'm definitely not that. Um, but the cool thing to to see what you're doing right now is just thinking outside the box and being like, well, actually, I could be. Like, if you haven't traditionally been a good chef or like cooked, <laughs> right? You're just like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna start cooking now. Yeah. And like, it's going to be hard in the beginning because it's something I haven't done before, but you've kind of, at least until now, but you've committed yourself to like doing it on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, I take cooking, cor- cooking courses every week. Oh, um, you do? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Oh, oh, actually, class. you know what? Mia told me that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just doing more of that, honestly. Just really f- discovering who yeah. I am and having that not be like a fully defined thing. Especially because I think there's things in our heads that we kind of want to try. But like for me, I've always, always, always wanted to try like scripted acting. Ooh. Always. I love it. I just want to try it. Like I want to know what that's like to try and act in a scene. Um, I feel like you'd be great. I would love to try. I just want to try it. And and for the um, Samsung demo, we had to, Colin and I had to memorize lines. It was one of the first times we ever had to do it. Mm. And I loved the process and I didn't know I was capable of, you know, they wanted to have a teleprompter and all this. And like, we were able to do it fully, like a three minute script without ever looking at the prompter or having to call out for lines. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I can memorize lines. Uh, 
and so that was a cool experience because I didn't, I thought I was thought, I thought like that would be really cool, but I didn't think it was, I thought it was just too hard and it wasn't my skill set. Mm-hmm. So that was like a pretty exciting realization. And I think, um, again, like I'm turning 31 this year, so it's, it's a lot easier to be concrete in what you are and aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing that if you do anything for a long enough period of time, if you commit yourself to it, like you just become that. Of course. Yeah, (laughs) you're not going to nail it on the first try. Right. It just takes time. But I think that's the fear now is that we all expect accelerated results Mm. because we're all we witness is the accelerated news, the accelerated like you go on Instagram and, you know, like for me, one of my friends is on tour with Oprah right now speaking with her. That's like, whoa. Right. Mm. And you just you, you just fast forward in your mind. You're like, wow, he's already he's speaking with Oprah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And you don't really think too much about the. 10 years of effort and work that has led him to this moment. Exactly. Uh, You only see the results a lot of time. And in a hyper curated world of content, like you're just consuming the end of the story a lot, which is, I think makes you at the start of your story want to be at the end already. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that's where the ego comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to be at the end. You want to be successful. You want to like be that image of what you see. And the ego is like, if you don't, if you're not that, then don't even bother. Don't even try. Right. Whereas, like, the actual fun, I think, for most people is the starting. Like, don't you have, like, the best memories of video making early on? Like, nostalgic ones? 100%. And you like, probably weren't even that good then. Same for me. Okay, easy. <laughs> but no, no, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah. No offense. But, no, video making in the beginning, like, figuring out something. Yeah. And I remember watching back videos the, for the first time was, like, the most shocking thing. Yep. Watching back a video and being like, whoa. <laughs> And I remember watching, like, we used to do all in-camera edits because we had this big VHS camera mm-hmm. that had, like, a fade-to-black button. I remember seeing the, like, your first video of, like, hey, I'm calling. I'm yeah, Samir. Yeah, this yeah. is Little Cross Network. Yeah, yeah. But we had this VHS camera that had a fade-to-black button on it. And so we would figure out how we could press fade-to-black. It would go all the way black. And then we'd <laughs> hold it down, change scenes, and then I would let go of it, and it would come back from black. That's and we'd be in a new scene. <laughs> And it was just the coolest. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Like it was movie magic. That's so funny. And figuring that out was, I mean, so unbelievable in the beginning. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, same for us. Yeah. I look back at videos a few years ago and I was like, wow. Yeah. I can't believe we thought this was good. Right. But there's so much like emotion and genuine like feeling to it that it still feels good almost. There's that great quote in technology that says if you uh, aren't embarrassed by the vers- first version of your mm. product you've launched too late interesting i like that i think that's really good that's cool right but yeah hopefully more people can uh go after their their passions like that yeah man and you know check out what you're doing on uh instagram thomas daher mm-hmm. or uh uniqlo <laughs> <laughs> or, or uniqlo and and just call um you know, his agent at CAA, if you want to get in touch with him. Yeah, that's not possible because yeah. I'm a big deal. Right. But you could try. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you could try. Yeah. All right, cool, man. What can we expect now from, from Yes Theory? I mean, like, of course, things are changing in the world. Everything's different. You guys are very travel-inspired and travel-based. Right. Um, how do you guys feel about what's <laughs> what's next for It's for funny. We, uh, we've been, like, kind of disorganized these past few years. And this year, we're like, all right, finally, this will be the year where we, like, yeah. Really lock in schedules, lock in flights, lock in video ideas, and then bam, worldwide pa- pandemic. March was the the month that we had the most planned out. Like yeah. they were supposed to go to Ireland and then London and then Paris, and all of it canceled. Yeah. So now we're just thinking of like, yeah, I mean, we're gonna have big brainstorms of like what we can do here and like just keep 
keep making content. Constraints yields creativity, man. It does. And also, nothing is certain. It's interesting. Yeah. We think everything is very certain. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just imagine that everything should go on the way it's going, but it's just out of our control. That's life. That's life, man. But when you're seventy thousand dollars richer and you're a model, yeah. life's pretty good. Life is great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm glad we did this. We'll touch yeah. base in another six months. It sounds great. See. This is it's great to just follow up on that conversation with yeah. this one, you know. I was a very I was at a very low then. But I'm so glad that yeah. you came on the, the podcast. I think that episode we got so much outreach mm. about that episode because I think it normalizes that experience. Life is a is a grouping of high and low, right? It's not it's no. not one note. And I think that's like the the normalization. The thing I love about podcasting is that you just get into that experience where other people who are feeling the same way can be like, oh, okay, cool. And then they can hear this one and be like, oh, cool. If I change my mentality and shift my mindset and actually take action on things, things can change. For sure. And you took a ton of action. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously this may not last forever. There's obviously highs and lows in the future, but just know that, you know, it changes. All right. Well, if you haven't watched that hide and seek video yet, definitely go watch that. Last question for you. How was the coffee I made you? Dude, I'm buzzing. I know. Oh, my God. My hand is shaking this whole time. That's why we have to end it now. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope that listening to this podcast can keep you inspired and motivated during this crazy time in the world. We're all experiencing some pretty unique times and we'll likely have to spend more time at home than we're used to. It's a great opportunity to pick up new things to invest in ourselves and to edit videos if if you're into that or start reading a book that you've always wanted to read. We'd love to hear from all of you and hear about your experiences right now. You can send us a voicemail using the Anchor app and we'll play it and respond to it on the next episode of this podcast. So download the Anchor app and swipe over there's a a a button where you can send us a voicemail um, a voice memo i think it's called and we can actually listen to it and include it in the episode it's super cool make sure to check out thomas and the rest of the guys at yes theory and listen to our last episode with thomas if you haven't heard that one it's from about six months ago it came out in august so you'll have to scroll back a bit in our podcast to find it it's extremely vulnerable and it's a really really great listen Subscribe to us on YouTube. We have videos coming out there over the next couple weeks. You can leave us a voice message on Anchor, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.